Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Merv Green. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Look what you've done to this place. It's all Diane Fossey. When I lived here, it was Bob Fossey. Right there, I had a big painting of a naked chick holding a little plant. Very tasteful. No bush. Not a picture of your fucking mother. When my brothers and I played cowboys and Indians, I was always the Chinese railroad worker. He slams the door, he stomps his feet, he sends me to bed with zilch to eat. My stepdad's not mad, he's just adjusting. <laughs> Kill the theme song. Oh, we'll get you off that smackle, yes we will. Oh, we'll get you off that smackle, yes we will. Got the whole world of my fucking ass. Yeah, but don't you take a particular glee in the fact that you've stolen his time slot and you're shoveling dirt on his miserable corpse, as it were. Hello. You better grow eyes in the back of your fucking head, you horned piece of shit, because I'm not going to sleep until worms are crawling up your foam rubber ass. I'm going on safari, motherfucker. Safari. Sweet wet juice for energy. Whatever that means, you fucking peasant. What is it all mean? All right. <laughs> 2002. Yes, that was my uh, that was my wonderful impression of Harvey uh, Firestein. 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 Yeah. Harvey Firestone. Harvey Firestein. Oh, that's so great. Uh, he is indeed in this movie in a bit of a bit role. Uh, Death to Smoochie, building on all the wonderful Teletubbies on TV. It's a fun kids show uh, about a pink rhinoceros. No, I'm just kidding. Death to Smoochie is a kind of a dark comedy. Direct Danny DeVito directed, which is one of the reasons you should check out any movie, because that man and me have very similar humor brains. Love It's Always Sunny, too, but this is pre-that. Uh, we have Robin Williams, Ed Norton, Catherine Keener, Danny DeVito, John Stewart himself, Harvey Firestein, Pam Ferris, some other faces you would no doubt recognize, um, including uh, the guy who played the head of the crime family in Sopranos the first year. Uh, plays Spinner, yeah, Michael Rispoli. Spinner. Plays Spinner. Uh, made for uh, $50 million and pulled in a whopping 8.3 at the box office. So to say that this movie was a <laughs> flop financially is an understatement. Holy people, shit. People hated and didn't even try to understand the satire that was attempted in this movie. We'll, we'll talk about whether or not it was successful. Uh, yeah, so this one popped up, I think, the... It was really, really into, like, dark comedies. They really appealed to me back at the time because I had not been raised watching dark comedies and so satires that kind of go to this level of over the topness with things like children's shows and uh yeah like tv shows and things like that i just hadn't been exposed to so the idea of this movie really appealed to me a lot and i do remember i enjoyed it on the first time and i think i said this at the end of our last episode was that i felt like the ending of this movie let me down at the time when i saw it but i hadn't really rewatched it at all i can't think if i'd seen this movie more than once i definitely owned it which is maybe a testament more to me following the internet news at the time and being like this movie is crazy so i was like i'm gonna own that crazy movie what uh, was your guys background with smooch i was i was trying to get prepared for the show and i was reading uh i, I knew that rod tomatoes had patent this would be pretty bad so what i like to do is go and read Especially after I just watched the movie, go and read what other people thought their their impressions, and uh, there was a lot of hate. Some people's a lot of reviews hate. were just it's awful and stuff like that with nothing else. They they didn't even yeah. feel the need to no put substantiation. Anymore. No, but there were other people who said uh, weird, wild, and highly entertaining, and and uh, so there were people who like found found something in this movie. That they they and all of them mentioned like dark, funny, um, like some of the people who didn't like it kept saying mean spirited, mean spirited, mean spirited. I don't necessarily know if <laughs> there's some confusion in tone and mixture of tone in this because there is some. There's it's definitely dark, but it's also like there's also some uh, posit lots of positivity and uh, and up you know upbeat 
um, themes and ideas and um, hope. There's like lots of hope and shit in this movie and stuff too. There's redemption and it's funny to me. It's it is very uh, different tone. I don't think there's any movie that has a tone like this quite. Well, it, the it, hero of this is like pretty flawless. He doesn't. Yeah. I don't think Edward Norton. I think doesn't. Don't think Edward Norton has an arc of character in this. I think what happens is is he's good and he starts to get tainted, and then um, before he crosses a line, he doesn't. But I do think that Robert Williams and uh, and Catherine Keener's characters both have big arcs. So I'm okay with him being the moral center of the movie and losing his way and then kind of finding his way back. I don't think yeah. that's necessarily, um, you know, I don't think that necessarily doesn't work. Well, I think I think with any good satire, you have to have the 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 case for the good side of things as much as the dark and twisted side of things. So they seem to go to the both extremes to to you know the squeaky clean kind of um, personality and background of Ed Norton's character all the way up to like the the people who are so evil they'll be profiting off of children's. Uh, children shows and products all they care about is the money they don't give a fuck about the kids so mm. it's it's interesting that the um, that's the whole kind of message behind the movie i i feel like is um it's just playing off of the you know corporate capitalist america who will not sink isn't too above sinking as low as exploiting children for money and then someone who's like we have an opportunity here to be all about the children entertaining them and um, we, we were having a bit of a chat before this started and Colin sang us a wonderful song, but that's what I, one of the things I do like about this movie is how, how good and clean, uh, smoochy is and, and the, the care they took to write some of the songs that, you know, you laugh at it, like thinking about stinging about a stepdad, but that is a real to life scenario that children probably, you know, maybe not in the exact way they did in this movie, but should know about and learn about and know that it's okay to, to have a stepdad and to try and build a relationship with him. Like, it's not like Fred Rogers on the Mr. Rogers show didn't cover huge topics like that. So I don't know, like I'm surprised that some people read into this and found it mean spirited. Like they, they obviously don't understand the concept of satire or, or dark comedy if they felt yeah, that, way, I think that was so the too. message of this movie. Yeah. If you go into this, not understanding this is parody and satire, then you will be very confused and uh, <laughs> you will not know what to think of it. So it yeah. sets it up. I felt it set it up that way immediately because that's the turning point is when they arrest Robin Williams' character. They have a huge freaking FBI sting against the guy <laughs> for taking a payoff to make sure someone's kids can sit in his lap, right? Like that's the level of corruption we're talking about. And he doesn't about. take the payout for that. They give him yeah. the money for that. And he goes, don't tell me how to run my show. And he goes, well, and he basically like doesn't confirm that that will actually be the thing, right? <laughs> Brent's There's right. no actual hey. consideration there. And they bust him. He'd have been off. Yeah, yeah. Brent's totally right. He, if they had wires and everyone listened to those tapes, he never once said he would do that for the money. He just took the money and said, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. He, he doesn't agree to the terms. He would have so got off. He would have, it would have still ruined his reputation. So the... Yeah. And the the arc in the story over this was would be that I would assume that Robin Williams' character started out with the right reasons for getting into the biz, but he was just slowly corrupted over time and twisted over time. So he's not. That's why I I um I don't mind his total arc over the whole thing. Like he's a, he's a huge jerk throughout this, and he's batshit crazy. In fact, um. One of the one of my favorite lines from him where I, I laughed out loud the loudest was at the end. And they I think the cops are picking him up after he's jumped on the sniper and they're like, are you OK? And he's like, oh, I'm a little crazy. So it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah, and I laugh because that's very on the nose, but it's also like very true um, to, to most people. I would think like it's hard to gauge how crazy or uncrazy I am with, you know, the world being what it is and me being a human being who's not quite sure about it. So that, I thought even to the end, it was it was picking off lines there that that kind of rang true that is a really funny line there's a lot of really good lines too that are memorable just like really about the themes like when he says to nora um you don't even see kids anymore you just see wallets with pigtails and yeah. and that like affects her in such a way but like it also is i i think this movie might have gotten better with its themes and stuff because because at the time when this movie was made, all those things were problems, but they've all gotten worse. 
Um, yeah, I agree. Over the last 20 years or however long this movie was. Yeah, 20 years. I think they've gotten, gotten worse. worse. We just know them better now. Uh, well, that might okay. Sorry, that might be the case. We we understand far more what's going on behind the scenes and the corruption that's going yeah. on, whether it's in politics or business, mm. and that there are people out there who don't give a shit. <clears throat> the only you know? difference today would be that it wouldn't be like shady characters and mob bosses trying to get a little skim. It's billionaires who would set it up to be exactly the way they want it and call it legal from start to finish. That'd be about the only difference, but the outcome is the same. Um, where everyone's using, exploiting the children. And, and, you know, again, it's just like, fuck whatever is best for those kids who this show is for. It's really for money. Mm. So it's, it's that, that part of the, the themes and everything um, where I thought I might have a problem with this movie uh, were actually, yeah, really relevant still for today. So that part of it was was really great. I wanted to talk about the structure. So, so this movie starts out with uh, Rainbow Randolph. Uh, sing his song so it establishes everything you need to know about Rainbow Randolph like his TV persona like for the beginning of the movie it's just like it's a kid's show <clears throat> the, the tone and the theme and the kind of character that he is and it goes straight to that to him in a restaurant selling well it looks like he has these meetings all the time where he, he takes money from parents to get their kids on his show and to also get highlighted on his show and he's completely different from what he was when we just saw him singing and doing the show. He's like a very dark person and like he's cynical and he takes the money and he gets he gets arrested. And then we introduce the John Stewart and Catherine Catherine Keener characters who are like, what are we going to do? We have to replace them. And that, that guy told them they want someone squeaky fucking clean. So then we we get to meet the main character. So I five think we're minutes both, in. Yeah, five minutes in, we get to meet the main character, but but so much has been established already, and yeah. then I I I love that he's working at the methadone clinic, and he's his costume is less than good. I love yeah. that it's just like a <laughs> hockey helmet with horns like glued to it or something, and he's like this lowbrow guy, but he's like super positive and super um, pure and has principles and ethics, and I love the hot dogs and they go up. And he has like the gluten. He's gonna get them on the gluten-free buns. That's he's the got other the thing soy too. Dog. <laughs> that that twenty years ago, those things he was doing with the gluten-free buns and like his special sauce he put on and stuff, and like Spirulina the veggie dogs, and nut butter. Yeah, <laughs> that, that yeah, that was all so nutty. But now today, that is common. So I think that's really interesting because what he was doing back then is all come to fruition. And like yeah. everybody wants those things today, but back then he was just like, ah, "I can't get this here. I can't get this." I really like that actually. I thought that was a fun like time capsule moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that that we're you know today we're there. Like he's not the crazy one anymore. Like he's the norm. Yeah. It's, when it comes it's true. to health, eating f- food right, and and also like you know like not like GMOs and gluten and all that. So I thought that was really funny. And I think he's unlikable in the beginning of the movie a little. Well, he's he's too clean, right? He's too good to, to, to be true. He's Magoo. But, he's yeah. not, but he is also, though, not just Magoo, but he is a bit... Um, he has a bit of an attitude. He, he's, he puts himself above everyone else because they don't think like him or don't act like him. He is self... He is, he's a bit arrogant, actually. Um, but I know, think it's... It comes off as um, it comes off as more confidence and and passionate than than bad arrogant anyway. It does. Like, yeah. He doesn't get in people's faces. He's just he's never going to hesitate to speak his mind and and what he feels, which puts him the, at odds with people. That's actually a better way of putting it. Yeah, you're totally right. But it does give him something more than the magoo. It doesn't make him like this magoo person that you could just overlook. Like he's in your face, and he'll tell you when he disagrees with you. Yeah. So I really like that, and um, and I love the opposition. I was I was mentioning to Ben when we were watching this. Every scene is an argument between someone, whether it's between him and Catherine Keener, uh, it's between Robin Williams and everybody uh, that he interacts with, <laughs> or you know between the mafia or and John Stewart and Robin Williams. It's it's so adversarial that like it's always like moving the story forward, and there's never a moment of peace. Oh, that, that, yeah, that's absolutely true. I and think I it works good. I can't remember if I synopsized this thing, but there's a kid show host played by Robin Williams, Rainbow Randolph. He's into some bad shit, gets busted. TV needs a new kid star 
uh, kid show star, and so they need someone squeaky clean, so they go through the lists and find <laughs> Smoochie, the rhinoceros who's lowbrow playing things. He comes in, all of a sudden is made into this huge thing and starts to struggle with corporate America and the TV station trying to make money off his show. He wants some control, so he's getting involved with some agents and then unknowingly through the uh, underbelly of the city and ends up getting in some uncomfortable situations, gets fired, gets pulled back. Uh, Rainbow, Ran- Rainbow Randolph is uh, out for revenge, thinking Smoochie is his nemesis. And uh, yeah, so you get uh, him coming at Smoochie, Smoochie trying to get the best show made, corporate America trying to make its money. What will happen at the end? Ice capades. What, what are the slowly losing his mind as all <laughs> that's happening? What, what are the <laughs> other great, great scenes that's that is so memorable in this for me, but t- tells you so much about Robin Williams and Edward Norton's characters is when he's driving him to the Nazi rally, unbeknownst to um, Smoochie that he's being taken to a Nazi rally because he's tricking him. Robin Williams tries to get him to badmouth him, and yeah, he and he, he will he will never take the bait. He he doesn't he doesn't he says he feels sorry for him and he thinks he's just got a lot of problems and he's probably a really good guy, and it yeah. just infuriates Robin Williams because Robin Williams can't stand the fact that that he he's going after this person and he wants this person to he wants an excuse right but he doesn't mm-hmm. have an excuse to do this to Smoochie. he doesn't give him one but he still goes through with it and does it though <laughs> even though he doesn't play along. I yeah. just love that scene. I just think it's a great scene to show the how different these two guys are. I think um, Robin Williams' reaction to all that goes beyond just a character thing, and it's another like social message that people they don't try and find the source of the evil that's out there plaguing them. They'll they'll pick the figurehead or the obvious guy in the pink costume as the one that is against them and that they have to destroy when it's really not smoochy at all. He's out there just trying to do the best thing for for the right reasons, but people, Robin Williams, and and that's how I see people today is right. They're just so mad. It's got to be this. It's got to be the or the immigrants, right? It's got to be the immigrants taking our jobs and ruining everything. It's like fuck no. Think about it for a minute. Yeah, it's a it's a top down issue. So let's start at the top and work our way down. But it's like no, it's just easier to hate Smoochie and and to go after him. So yeah, I um. I really appreciated that that undertone here as I was watching Robin Williams and his crazy plight. The, mm. There's also so many montages in this. Like the <laughs> montage where they make his costume is hilarious and fun. And all those montages, there's so much fun in games in this movie. There's a lot of fun in games. And those are enjoyable movies. Those are entertaining movies. So, Yeah, Robin Williams montage dancing through the streets after Smoochie gets arrested for the or fired for the nazi thing is hilarious he's really good yeah. too i mean i know he's he went to you know juilliard and stuff but yeah he still had some moves you know oh he, a guy like that you see guys like that though like real entertainers from like the old school hollywood right like christopher walken you ever see that uh, fat boy slim video yeah. of him where he's dancing uh-huh. yes. classically kind of like video. with that classical like tap and spin and stuff yeah. yeah like these guys have chops man it's just you oh, don't yeah. see them because their roles don't really call for it but yeah um, they, a lot of these old school actors can really put on a show yeah oh, i like that term song and dance they they yeah have they're that, diverse right they have that in them they they had to to become actors because they didn't know what they were going to be going up for so they had to be have a you know a lot of things they could do and he yeah. suck a dick over here dance over there <laughs> he does he does really he does really yeah i i find i as much as he is an asshole in this movie though i there is something that i like about him <laughs> it's because he's not it's because he isn't evil he is just well like Great. john said in that quote right where where the cops like are you okay and he's like well i'm fucked up in general so it's kind of hard to tell he just is like a little fucking imbalanced anyways so he's He's definitely atypical somehow, right? And yes. uh, and I and I feel like that's that's fine, right? I feel like that's he's not he's not this this bad guy. He's just um, wayward, and I think kind of utterless without that show, right? He doesn't really know what to do. All he knows is that, and he's just like like rudderless, just trying to get that back, right? Yeah, I, was, so I, I think was, the the fact that he goes to like different people, the. Um, uh, uh, one of his dancers, uh, the crew, one of the little people that he goes back to, and and yeah, Catherine yeah. Keener to some extent herself, that they don't like immediately call the police. 
that kind of says that he has some history where maybe he always wasn't this crazy person. So that's why it just led me to believe that at one point, maybe that show was like attempting to be the, the right thing. And so was Robin Williams, which makes his fall from grace a little bit more um, realistic. And, and um, it gives me a little bit more of a half smile on my face anyway, when the end sequence starts. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they totally, totally, it takes it to a different level. Like uh, when he, he, he jumps on poor little, um, I can't remember his real name, but the guy who's now a Rynette, but he used to be a Crinkle Kid. He's like, Crinkle Kid, Rynette. <laughs> You're talking about yeah. Angelo Pike. Yeah, Danny Woodburn. Danny Woodburn. Yeah, Seinfeld uh, legacy. Uh, he played Mickey on Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He wore the left. He's awesome stuff. He's really good. He's a really good yeah. actor. Like, he had a lot to do in this. He had a lot of... Um, I love when uh, Robin Williams comes to his house and he's crying and he has to stay there and stuff. And then he comes home from work and Robin Williams has his TV on the ground and he's bashing the screen, like, wide <laughs> open with something. And when he Angie sees him, he's like, it was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was an accident. That's awesome. Okay. There's some really big laughs in this movie still, I think. Yeah. Like, and once again, tonally, it might not be your thing, but um, but the the laughs, like with Spinner and stuff, where anytime he says his name, he's like, oh, I'm Spinner. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that character, <laughs> he played that, Michael Rispoli played that really, really solid. That's, that would be a hard character to play. Yeah, yeah, really, um, really over and it the ends top. Up, it ends up just, he hits it the perfect amount. Because at one point you're like, why is this guy getting so much screen time? Because it's like, I get what he's trying to do, but they keep hammering him in here. And then he's on the show and then he gets, then he gets murdered. So you're like, ah, yeah, they're gotcha. going to kill him. That's, I guess that's why. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I, and I do like, uh, I, I love the, the way the ice show depicts his uh, death and stuff with the music, the opera music and the, the lighting and the Chinatown. And the spot. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's like, yeah, that's ice actually true. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just going to say the whole, the whole thing that Norton does there with like when he does his, his smoochie on ice, but instead of being like a kid show, it's like a dramatic retelling of the whole, like of the movie so yeah. far. Right. Yeah. It's 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 the movie on ice and it's so funny. Um, it is. I just love it. It's I think it's really good. Like I think they put a lot of time and effort into the the show and and the songs and the ice show. Like I feel like they made it feel like it was authentic and that could all have been real. Like it didn't they put like this would have been a hard movie to direct and there's some great directing in this by the way as well. There's a great a practical scene where they cut from um, what's the woman's name? Who's the head of like the Irish mafia? Is it the Irish mob? Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. forget her name. She's like Tommy Cotter. Tommy, what's wrong, Tommy? I'm sad. What made you sad, Tommy? <laughs> that was I fucking love that scene where uh, she sits down and like he's asking her questions. That's so funny. Um, but uh, yeah, she. Uh, she, everyone's great in this like the all of the casting was really good everyone like goes balls out I feel like everyone was all in on the joke this is the only person who seemed a little out of place was john stewart to me um uh, i don't he, know why like just knowing where he is now and the huge figurehead that he is this is kind of a like it's not like someone else couldn't have played this role and he doesn't exactly stand out as Amazing, like not to the point of Robin Williams or or Ed Norton or Spinner. or even Catherine Keener. He does fine. Keener is crazy. He's the he's the least over the top. He plays it yeah. very straight. Yes, and maybe that's why it doesn't. Yeah, quite. well, he he is never a great actor, right? Yeah, he's a great comedian and a great mind, um, yeah, and a great comedic, I think, talent. But I don't think acting was ever his thing. But um, I think he even makes fun of it. He did like the uh, the Oscars that one year, and he said, "Hi, I'm John Stewart. You might recognize me as the fourth male lead in Death <laughs> Smoochie." <laughs> <laughs> but I find I find him serviceable in this role. I think that yeah, like, it's I not think for what it is. He's meant to be like a schmarmy exec, or like kind of like you know, like a ed, like a you know what I mean, exec. And I think that he does that. It's yeah, it's um, it's not bad. He doesn't it's, detract. 
yeah, it, it's not bad. It's just knowing who he is and what he does now. It seems a little bit peculiar because it's this isn't like a career advancer. It's not like a key cameo. It's like yeah. you're going to play for this fourth male lead. He's like, great, I, I'll take it. And so there you I, go. <laughs> I think also everyone else is so big and over the top. It it would be, it would have been hard for him to have created a character that stood out as much. And so he just he just kind of played the line. I love the scene between him and Robin Williams in the car. In the car is his best scene. Yeah, it is yeah. because he's like really quiet for that moment, and it's hard for someone who's not a great actor to like take those moments of silence. And then he gives him that like gift bag, and he's like, "There's some like massage oil and some pe- <laughs> yeah. peanuts and stuff." And, he, and then he's like, "Don't call me again." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's such a dick. He's a fucking dick, man. It's true. Give him a fucking gift bag. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of I like, mean, but look at what Rainbow Randolph's been doing. You can't, true. Like, what are you going to do? He's been insane. No, yeah. I, I'm not saying he didn't deserve it, but like he could have been a little understanding. <laughs> uh, uh, anyways, yeah, like I think, yeah, I think John's right. He He's just the least interesting character by far. But once again, he might yeah. not have been given the opportunity to do more than what he had done with that. Um, sometimes you want that blank canvas though to let let all the other like you know what I mean yes. you throw down just like a neutral color or a neutral background and so everything else can dance right yeah totally I think, we I think he's that. like a serviceable member of the background oh, we, yeah. we talk we, and it's harder to do that when everyone else gets to be so crazy uh, we've talked about that in a movie like I don't think we've done the fighter yet but but uh, Christian Bale won the Oscar for the fighter and and you know Christian Bale was like for playing thing. spinner but uh but yeah but totally but totally but um but mark Wahlberg is really good in that movie and and he he has to play against that and that's really tough to do and be good fight? say hi to your mother for me okay say hi to your mother for me um but i i so i i i like i think you're totally right brent you 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 can't have everyone being crazy yeah, no, you got to have some of the normies. That in that's there. that's the mistake what? they made with the um, the um, the new the, what's the show with uh, Jason Bateman the comedy with all the crazy actors. Oh, um, yep, that uh, one. Arrested Development. That was <laughs> yes, the mistake they you. made when they moved to Netflix. Is they made Michael's character crazy too, and I won't even watch it. It's it ruins the show. Yeah, it's not up to the level. Yeah, of the, you need of something the to. Gr- you need the, someone to ground the show and someone to understand to be relatable, and they're around all the crazy people, and that's what's funny. Yeah, and if so, the main character's the straight man, then you have someone to relate to, right? And then all the experiences become relatable because you're like, oh my god, you see yourself in those situations. We need to yeah, yeah, that, totally. you challenge us. Yeah, yeah, and so like that's a big mistake a lot of people make. Um, yeah. I do think Norton's character is relatable though, and I think Catherine Keener's. I love how they leave the her big reveal till near the end because there's tons of signs in it in the writing. Like she talks with him about that famous childhood thing and stuff, and they both know his dance and songs. And then you find out that she's uh, what what does Robin Williams call her? Oh, uh, uh, I can't remember. She, it's she's like, like a chuckle fucker, but it's for um, but for, it's for kids' things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for kids' things, and and it's true. She had. She even slept with some guy named Wally the Whale. And, yeah. and then Buggy Robin Ding Williams Dong, like, I think. <laughs> yeah, and then Robin's like, there she blows. <laughs> so, like, he must have been, like, you know, a kind of a bigger fellow. But she, like, was even into that just because he was a kid's host of a show. So yeah. I thought that that was really funny because then she has to prove to uh, Norton that, that their relationship is based on something more than that and that it's real. So there's some yeah. complexity to, like, the characters and... Their interactions and the relationships in this that I think a lot of, gets overlooked by a lot of people who saw this. That is the funny thing that I like about her character is that like we're just talking about the straight man and you really do think she's one of the straight men for most of the movie. And then you find out actually that she's no, she's part of the twisted background as well. She's just, um, yeah. you know, more subtly kind of pronounced that way. So, but I'll, another person who's just been ground down by the by the corporate screw into a nub, right? And now she's yeah. completely devoid of emotion and everything else. But you see, the movie does a pretty good job of showing her like go from angry and indifferent to oh, that's okay, that's okay. And then Norton takes off his costume and is sitting there, either in his tank top or shirtless, and she's like, "Harumph." 
Um, oh, yeah, so yeah, they do right. a, they do a nice slow burn on that one, um, which is which is kind of cool. Can you believe um, they nominated Robin Williams for a Razzie for this? Yeah, I know. Like whatever you thought of the movie, well, that's fair because Christensen was awful in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, he's just terrible. Um, but I like love or hate this movie. It was not the acting. No, fuck not no. Robin There's Williams nothing wrong with Robin either. Williams in this. I thought Robin Williams is great in this. He's incredibly it's, entertaining. He is. Yeah. It, the only negative I might say is that it's nothing new for him. He, like he, this is what he does so well to combine like huge That's performer fair. with lots of dancing and physical comedy with crazy wild guy. Um, so I, I don't think it pushed him necessarily. I know Jim Carrey was up for this role. Yeah. Um, as well, but he turned it down to go do something else. So that, the that's majestic. how. Yeah, Robin Williams got on board. What do you think of that? Hank Azaria was supposed to be John Stewart. If right. those two were in the movie, Hank Azaria, I think it would be great actually. See, but that's I think who Jim I Carrey would... ruins this movie. Yeah, yeah I, I think so too. too. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred fucking percent. Because because Randolph has to take a back seat to Ed Norton, and yeah. I don't think Jim Carrey just his energy would have been slightly different. I don't know something about um, Robin Williams' delivery is. It wouldn't have been as imposing. Agreed. I um, mean, he would have done a lot of ad lib. I mean, there's just so, so much ad lib probably by Williams in this too. But it definitely would have, like, I tried watching that Batman movie with Jim Carrey, uh, where he plays Joker a while back. Oh, God. And I had to turn it off. And one of the biggest reasons why was Robin Williams. He is so fucking bad in that movie. Jim I Carrey. Sorry, not Robin Williams, Jim Carrey. If you want to give someone a Razzie, he should got a fucking Razzie for that Batman and Robin piece of shit. Maybe he, he is did. awful in that. He, he was against. Did. He was. That was the same one with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman, right? Where they had. Three no, it's guys. the one with. Um, it's the one with uh, Two Face, um, played by. Uh, I can't oh. remember his name. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Anyway, that movie's just trash. But yeah, I think Robin. I think Jim Robin Williams did do a perfect. Did did ser, did serve this movie well. Yeah, not Oscar worthy, but not Razzie worthy. God, no, definitely not Oscar worthy. And Edward Norton's really good in this too. Like it's a it's type of thing that he doesn't usually do. Like Edward Norton's not around lately. He's not really doing much. Yeah, I don't know. He might be just producing or directing stuff right now. He, I, I know that he's he does writing and producing as well. But um, I really enjoyed him in this. He, he he does a great job of like for what the what Danny DeVito was like trying to get done here. I think Ed Norton pulled off like exactly what he was supposed to. Again, yeah. if people if people don't like it or don't get the satire, it's going to seem goofy and over the top and outrageous. But but I think that's how it had to be to keep the tone of this movie intact. So I think he pulls it off brilliantly. One of his best scenes for acting is when they do the cookie song after he comes back from being ostracized for the whole Nazi thing. And he's doing the howling thing. And then, like, he gets, like, super into it. And then he, like, he, and, and everyone hears him do that last howl, which has got so much pain in it. <laughs> yeah. It's not like the other house. And they're all staring at him. It's so funny. And then they have that cookie thing. I love when that cookie thing comes down earlier on in the movie to the 2001 theme song. And uh, <laughs> all the kids are reaching their hands up in the air and like so excited for this thing. I, I, I thought all of this show stuff was like so good. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, now It's a cock. <laughs> it's a cock. I can't be so stupid. I love it when he's like, it's a rocket ship. It's a rocket ship. And then all the kids are like, yay. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> there's also some like homosexual undertones in this movie that get raised a number of times. And uh. Ed Norton's kind of asexual playing of his character until he ends up like getting with Catherine Keener. You kind of wonder about that. Robin Williams is certainly throwing the language around a little bit. And then maybe because of, is he maybe homosexual? Like, did you guys sense any any of that here that they were trying to bury any kind of messaging underneath here? I didn't really feel that, no. Hmm. I don't know that I picked up on it anyways. I I'm couldn't trying. figure out how it belonged is my was my only issue. They kept on throwing out throwing out jokes. Um like right in the end scene when they're um like uh, Robin Williams tells him uh, that he's like you're bitter and misguided and I'm guessing you've got some serious issues with sexual identity. That's what Smoochie says to him. 
and and Randolph Lake is like that's what kind of brings him around at the end when he's when he's been knocked down by the fireplace. Oh yeah, no, I guess Randolph does seem like a little ambiguous as far as where he may land, but yeah, I guess I never put much thought into it. I hadn't. I I like same same to Colin. After I watched this, I was just reading up a little bit on it to get ready for the show, and I noticed a few people had brought that up, and I said to myself anyway, I was like it. That never seemed to be a core theme. They don't play off of if it's a positive or a negative. I mean, except in the language it's being thrown around. Sometimes it's obviously a little bit of a negative. But um, but if if it's secretly Randolph being closet gay or... I mean, he talks about having been with Catherine Keener, though it doesn't mm-hmm. really get into anything else. And the fact that you could easily uh, mistake uh, Smoochie's character to being asexual or or maybe that would lead you into a homosexual thought about him. I don't know, but... It just didn't play through in any meaningful way in the movie for me, so I, I was. I think they're just, just using it. I hear what you're saying. I think they're they were just using it. I mean, once again, it's 2002. They were just using it as jokes, mm. um, and probably not the most positive way. I mean, like it's just like, <clears throat> but the way he says it is, he's like, uh, I don't know. The way Smoochie says everything, it, it, he's not trying to be offensive. He's just like, and I. You probably definitely have some question about something about your sexuality. He's yeah, not. He's, he's more so just pointing out, like you know, you might have these are the issues I think you might have. But uh, yeah, well, uh, I, he, he does it in the car too, which I, I just like the way he says it. He's it's more thoughtful. It's not yeah. negative. It's uh, <laughs> like uh, I was th- I was thinking like surprised they maybe um wouldn't use it in a way like oh if you host a children's show you and it's weird that people would think like this but like you must be gay if you're a dude singing and dancing around for kids and um yeah like but it doesn't it doesn't get it but it doesn't it doesn't like carry through and it there's no message i found like i I, i'm pulling at straws here to try and figure out if it if it is something that they were trying to get in as a as a tone or a theme, but I don't think it is. I think like Colin said, they just put it in for a few, a few jokes and to read any deeper would be more misleading for this. I'm glad glad that it's not negative. It doesn't feel negative. And like a lot of movies, even in 2002, there was a lot of negative connotation to if you were gay, like it meant something was wrong with you or something. Or it was a way of offending someone in like the movie. I am, don't think they go there, so I'm glad they didn't do that when they do do those jokes. Uh, they're more so pointing it out. Um, it comes off in a humorous way because he is so confused about well, his character that he doesn't seem to exactly know who he is or what's going on or what he's doing, And which is that great line at the end of the movie. Okay, so a lot and lot, a lot, a lot of people that I read reviews complained <clears throat> about the ending of this movie. Yeah. They thought it was... They thought for a movie that was so dark and so weird and so fucked up that they would have this like fairy tale Walt Disney fucking ending to the movie, which they do. But um, thinking about it, going back and thinking about it, because we just watched it the other night, I feel like they make fun of that. They're making fun of the happy ending with them flying and like and uh, the crazy things that Randy Randolph can do on skates. I feel like it's very over the top and that they're like and that it's their it's it's the parody of of what they see as a happy ending not you know what I mean I I, yeah so when I was younger I would have wanted to see a more violent dark end like maybe Robin Williams does douse himself in gasoline and that somehow gets a message that seems crazy by the way you gotta talk about that okay yeah (laughs) that that was and they turned the way they turned that scene funny which they did a few times like the the the, it just goes into the dark humor element like with the nazis like that is shocking and hilarious and you're like holy fuck and then the whole burning thing is the same thing the cock Um, cookie thing yeah yeah the cock cookie thing uh uh oh i got off point i pulled a brent no Ah, I'm glad that's named out. Oh, me. it's about the ending. So the way the way <laughs> I took the way I took the way I took the ending this time um, was that it was uh, probably Smoochie's or or Randolph's fantasy, maybe not a reality because they don't ever show the crowd when they're doing that final skate and dance and fly scene. There's no crowd. It's just them flying around with both their names and lights. And Catherine Keener joins them. She never would have done that for any kid show. So it's not like that was a great reunion or the first of many shows. So I took it as a someone's dream of the of the perfect future and not necessarily a reality. 
It's like a melodramatic, melodramatic kind of like dream representation of like what the end of the movie would be. Kind of like if you've seen that new, um, um, fucking what's his name? Ah, the guy that wrote a adaptation. Oh, um, you see his new Charlie horror, Kaufman. like yeah, the end is like there's or at a point in the movie there is a murder done through like interpretive dance so it's like to me this is maybe the kind of same idea right yeah yeah and for it's me not it was an over, actual yeah it's yeah. a fantasy and for me yeah. it's for me it's more over the top satire it's like this is making fun of of that type of an ending of the movie with with it being so weird and silly and with Catherine keener being out there and flying around like it's making fun of it it's not it's not meant to be taken seriously in any way. But it also no. does give you a good feeling. Like John said, it makes you happy. It's it, They cheat. I think, feel like they cheated. They, and they, they it still do. makes me happy. Well, so. b- but I'm not sure. It, it does kind of it put a smile on my face, too. And I actually watched it because yeah. the credits roll throughout. So they definitely meant it to be this afterthought. But I don't yeah. know if it I don't know if it works um, just because the whole like the movie's a dark a dark comedy, right? So you would expect the ending to be fucked up, but it's not. It wraps everything up. The bad guys get caught and thrown in jail, and the people who were like fighting for they everything, they, they, get, they get to succeed. Yeah, they no, the bad guys all get killed. Oh, they probably all get killed. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, oh, well, but they still, just don't show the murders. But still, like the bad people get punished for their misdeeds, and the good people triumph and get to dance and sing. And that's not. That's the end of a fairy tale, not the end of a dark satirical comedy, right? But dark that's com- the weird, wildly yeah. entertaining part of it that I think I like. I, I, I feel like I, I normally would hate this ending, but it's the way that they execute it and the way that, that they're kind of, it's like so tongue in cheek and they're making fun of it. They're not, it's not, it's not a serious ending at all. It's a jokey ending. So, I, so I'm okay with it then. If you took a dark ending, I think you could do them like, I don't know, maybe you could change it so that they're both disgraced. And then at the end, they're both hunting like the next replacement, right? They're both like disgraced in the alley or something. Yeah. You could maybe do something like that with it, but... I don't know if that would have been as satisfying as much as that might have fit better for I this liked, type I of movie. I like the happy dance thing it's at not, the end. It's, I didn't hate I did it this too. time is the thing. I don't know if it works, but I liked it and I smiled. And <laughs> after everything we had just seen, it seemed like another just crazy out of place thing that I wasn't expecting. And, and for it's that sense... It's the kid sense, show ending. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. And and yeah, he's, Brent's totally right. And it also is... Um, I feel like there's so much negativity and so much, especially in entertainment today, that like it's a hopeful, happy ending. And uh, I feel like in these dark times, like what the fuck is wrong with that? Let's have happy, hopeful. No, endings. bring it. Yeah. Like we need that. Like I, I'll watch this again when I'm in a bad mood to make cheer me up and and I'll like I'll revel in that. It's like how people watch um, old Adam Sandler movies to cheer themselves up. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like this would be one of my movies that I would go back with now and watch to cheer myself up. I hadn't seen this in so long, and uh, I hadn't done it yet, but I was going to immediately go home and buy it for the 10 bucks because I wanted to watch it again. And I was just I like, fuck it, I'll, I'll put this in my library. I'll fucking have it. It wasn't on any streaming services. So. No, I had I, a lot of trouble finding it. I used to have it on DVD. I wish I would have kept it. Um, but, I mean... It's a shame that this movie's not up. It's the same thing with like the burbs and stuff. I don't know what happens with these things that kind of just get back cataloged. And yeah, the, the I know it has the up too. it has the cult following. I know that now, but um, you know what I think maybe could be an explanation. Just throwing this out there. I don't know if I believe it or not, but this was received uh, re- released the year after um, 9-11, right? So maybe as a as a continent or or as the US and Canada were you know in close proximity to where that happened and it hit all of us so hard maybe we were all in the mood for like revenge dirty revenge you know bad things happen and there is no happy ending right this is kind of how it goes so maybe the people were like thirsty for revenge and couldn't deal with uh, this happy ending even if it was kind of a satirical um, job at a, at I, a fantasy show I and I don't feel that way anymore this way so maybe that's why it worked better this time for me I'm yeah. seeing I'm seeing a lot of the back catalog things that Brent's talking about finally popping up too. Like the fact that 
It's All Gone Pete Tong is on Netflix is amazing. Is it? Oh, fuck. Yeah. I want to watch that it, again. It just came up That's on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, and also I, I know own that on my uh, and and I know that I know the guy I've I used to know years and years ago the guy who wrote and directed Mike that and Mike and I'm so proud that because because I haven't seen a lot of his stuff lately he even did that f word with um the guy Daniel from Ratcliffe. Harry Potter I like that one so, movie yeah so I feel like that fact that Pete Tong is on Netflix it deserves to be on Netflix I think Smoochie does too I guarantee you in Smoochie and they always highlight something when it's new or trending. Put, put Smoochie on fucking Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon. I guarantee you people will watch it because they'll see who's in it. They're like, I've never seen this before. And I guarantee you it'll be a huge streaming hit. I guarantee yeah. you it will. Yeah. Because the, it's like it's actually really great. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like the Teletubbies aren't big now. I don't think they are anyway. They're done, right? Um, the there's no, have no yeah. clue. Yeah, so like back Bring in this day, I think the, the, the reason they went with a Smoochie-like <laughs> no, character... I think the reason they went with a Smoochie-like character was because of, like, the Teletubbies. They, it was a kind of an obvious in-between well, between some animal. Yeah, and Barney, Barney yeah, right? So I think... Yeah, um, he's a big f- rhino instead of a big hippo. Yeah, I, I think the fact that that stuff is not as mainstream anymore doesn't have any other ways of muddying the message of this movie. Like, like what is it really trying to do? Is it making fun of Barney? Like, no, that was never the point. It was They were just taking a recognizable reference point for this movie to to sink into your head that this is, like how corrupt children shows might be this um, movie moves fast too like if you put this on you had never seen it before and you put it on and you're used to turning off movies after 10 minutes and going i'm not watching this this movie moves quick after 10 yeah. minutes you'll be you'll be fucking sucked in and you'll be like laughing like you will get to the end of this movie and like that is what movies aren't doing today like this movie moves it moves moves yeah. moves moves it's it's a little long yeah for what it is yep but Could I been, can't think of what you'd cut. I am trying to think of what you'd cut, and I'm not sure what it would be. It's some of the some of the actual kid show stuff. A few of the conversations go a little long. Okay, uh, there's like fair. little thing you could easily cut five, maybe maybe even a little bit more from this movie, and I think it would have benefited from that. Yeah, me too. None of the meat would have been would have been cut down. Yeah. Um, yeah, and well, I think I think any movie that's going to be a satire slash dark comedy is always going to have a limited uh, appeal. They're just um, I think most people aren't into this. They don't like to think about their movies in this way. They want the flashy Transformers or or Avengers, right? With tie the stories together, but I don't care if it's like doesn't make sense or um, mm-hmm. you know d- d- as long as it's not trying to pull one over on me. And then maybe it makes them feel stupid. But I'm like within. F- seriously within the first four minutes of this movie you'll be like what that's fucking whack like he's getting an fbi stung for letting a kid on a show like he wasn't touching kids he wasn't giving kids drugs he wasn't selling drugs through the show or embezzling uh not obviously anyway that's not why he was busted so right out of the gate i was like okay thank you for setting that stage like immediately now i know what i'm dealing with and i won't be confused and i wasn't and another person who's trying to make these movies today and is failing miserably is uh the guy who used to be uh, what's his name's partner. He directed Talladega Nights. Uh, he made Will he made Ferrell? don't no, but Will Ferrell's counterpart who they they're not friends anymore. They had a falling out, but he, Riley? he 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 recently did Don't Look Up on Netflix and he did Vice. Both those movies are trying to do what this movie does. Uh-huh. He's first of all his movies are like an hour longer than this. Yeah. That's fucking a huge strike against them. Like Don't Look Up's like two and a half hours long or two hours and forty five minutes long. But he's trying to do this and failing miserably, which is making this weird satire parody comedy. Well, except and, for the big short, but that wasn't the really. big short is the only one where he's kind of got it right. That one, I'll let it, I'll give it a pass. But the other ones he's made have been awful and too long and self-indulgent and boring. So so I think people are trying to make these movies today. They're just not doing it well. Adam McKay. Dude, this tone is about. tough to Adam capture, McKay. Right? Adam McKay. Yeah. Yeah. This tone this, is tough, Brent. You're absolutely right. It's it's one of those things, and we talk about this every time we hit this. I mean, it's been it was either last week or the week before when we watched something else that was trying to walk that line. I think, um, and we we discussed also. It's 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 not an easy thing. I think, and because that tone is such a tightrope, I think that you really need that combination of Fargo. Things. Like, 
you need the tight Fargo. There you go. Yeah. We need the tight script. We need the right actors in place. We need, you know, the lighting. Everything needs to be right to really set the mood and let this work. Um, and I think that that's not an easy thing. I think Danny DeVito is um, a uniquely talented person yeah. um, on both sides of the camera. So I think he's able to do this. Uh, maybe not to a lot of people's taste, but I think he's effective at it. Yeah, I would agree. Like, he seems to have a wacky... Like, just watch him on It's Always Sunny, and, like, actors couldn't play that if they weren't just, like, slightly laughing to themselves as they were doing it. Oh, yeah. Um, and so he has that in spades. Like, and he, he's been involved with so many movies that, that have some sense of this satirical, dark comedy tone, and he just pulls it off exceptionally well. It's, it's, it's in his blood, and that's one of the reasons why I love Danny DeVito. Just love the guy. I think there'd be a really interesting, um, you could do a really interesting channel on a streaming service where where they specifically put old movies out to try and revive them. You know how they have the list of like 90 minute movies or like wacky comedies or <clears throat> you could have like a, where you put these types of movies like Tong and this on there because so many people of the younger generation have never seen this movie. And I think a lot of them would love this movie, would like think it's hilarious, think it's and it's still relevant and the themes and the writing is still really good. I think this movie totally holds up. I I'm trying to think of negatives and have been trying to think of negatives. I think this movie holds up. Do you guys have any negatives before you guys tell me if you think it holds up other than it being too long? And there could have been a lot of a lot of little cuts here and there. Here's a funny statement, Brent, if you're okay if I jump in. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, 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 I like this movie a lot, actually, um, but I don't love it. So the the one thing that it has going against it for me is that it's just not ever going to stand out for me as like the best in this genre or the funniest or the darkest or the most satirical. It's a good film. I, I enjoyed watching it. I'm happy I did. I probably wouldn't revisit it in the too near future just because it didn't the messages didn't smack through in a way that I'm like, this is like a revelation for today. It definitely has relevant themes today, but they're not deep and mysterious to me. Like that corporate America would fuck over even kids shows and health food and things like that. It's just like, yeah, that's the case. So it didn't, it didn't pound me with, with tons of inspiration and, and um, uh, realization that, that maybe it could have back in the day. Uh, but all that being said, I think it is a fine movie. Uh, it is, it is, it, it would be up there in this class for sure. Um, I'd give it like. Uh, now, it, it, interesting that I would not really be able to point out exactly what was off or wrong about it. Um, yeah, like what is it? I don't, I don't think there is. Well, I can't I think. think but, but some I, of the scenes maybe run a little long. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we got not that that wrecks it for sure. And maybe, I don't know about the character development of, of some of the side uh, shady people a little bit more than they're just evil mustache twisters. But when it comes to like, do they just want money? I mean, do you need more than that? Uh, knowing that it's it's the evil corporate capital America, capitalist America that's behind it. So I know they're evil. I know what they're doing and I know they'll do anything to get there. It's just not it's just not that not that new and, and exciting for me that I would say this is a must see. I think if you've not seen it, check it out, especially if you're older like we are um, and, and and you have like memories of being an older person while all that Barney stuff was going on. Because that shit with the Teletubbies and Barney was a fucking phenomenon. You could not get off the TV or Internet at that time. Um, yeah. So I, I'd say this movie does hold up um, and I'm glad we did it. And I don't know if many of our audience will have seen it. This might not be a very viewed uh, podcast of ours if people don't have the frame of reference. But I would certainly say go watch it and expect a, a fun, decent movie that would be, you know, we watched this and, and it was great. And it's I just don't think it's amazing. That's what I think. What you I, think, I, Brent? I, I, what? Yeah. Um. No, it holds up for me. I think it's funny. I like, I mean, I like this movie. I fucking owned it before. I was happy to see that I um, kind of still, you know, felt that way about it. I, I kind of didn't expect it to hang to, to uh, hold up, though. When, when Colin and I started watching it, Colin kind of made the prediction that he thought it might. And I was definitely um, on the other side of that. I thought there was no way that this movie would hold up. Um, I remembered it being pretty silly. Uh, and yeah. a little bit odd and I just didn't think that that would carry over the 20 years since so 
Um, I was happy with the way it turned out. I thought it was great. Colin and I laughed a bunch. Um, I mean, it's, it's tough because there is a bunch of stuff that you witness and experience when you're watching it that you forget about when you're talking about it. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of the, the enjoyment, um, I think gets lost over the days. Uh, but yeah, it holds up for me, man. I, I love, I love Williams. I think Norton's great. Um, Keener's always a win. DeVito fucking, you know, buggy ding dong. I think time. Sell it. I think time did this movie well uh, in that, favors. like, like you, if you looked and saw where in Robin Williams' filmography this fell in between, or Ed Norton's, like they might have been doing some super exciting stuff around this, so that this movie, by comparison, would feel like a letdown in their careers, or or you know, a step off the track. But you know, twenty years later, you don't you don't go back and think about any of those kind of things. You just watch the movie on its own merit. And so uh, in. In 01 um, to 03, okay, here are the movies that Norton did. Okay. The Score, Death to Smoochie, Frida, Red Dragon, 25th Hour, The Italian Job. Okay, so he was like at his peak in there. He, he was doing, and they had just done Fight Club in 99, right? American X, 98. Like, yeah. And then he goes on to do, you know, not, not a lot of great stuff for a while. But... Um, yeah, so busy, there. man. Yeah, busy, uh, but with all like kind of bigger blockbuster actiony. Um, because yeah, Fight Club and American History X for Ed Norton would be like he's a badass. Oh yeah, I'm, big I'm, big change. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad this movie holds up. But I would I would be on the opposite side of John. I think this is one of my favorite comedies of all time now. <laughs> and uh, seriously, like, and the the performances alone. Watching Edward Norton play Sheldon is like so enjoyable because he is such a dramatic actor and I think he does such a great job of being he he commits to this role yeah in such a fun way and of course Robin Williams commits to every goddamn thing and uh, Harvey Firestein which I can't do I can't so? get he's, it's higher I, R- I don't know it's I can't Robin Williams did Insomnia in the same year and One Hour Photo. So he had three movies <laughs> where he was either a killer or trying to kill or kill himself. Like it was a weird t- 2002 for Robin Williams. Again, <laughs> so but that could be another reason why this movie got pinged like compared to some of those other roles that he yeah, had Yeah, that's fair. The, the, we didn't talk about it. So just maybe to end off the show, the scene where he is on the sidewalk in front of the Smoochie studio and he's poured gasoline all over himself. Yeah. And he's going to light the match and kill himself. It's crazy dark scene. And uh, then that girl and stuff comes over and like stops him. Uh, like, And then Smoochie rolls up and every And the then mob they all leaves. abandon and, him. And yeah. they all abandon him. That's what's so funny. That's funny. And he still, he still talks to um, Angie about that as uh, an angel came and saved him. Yeah. Like... He's he's relatable because he's just having such a hard time, and and you and you want him to to get some relief. He's like, what does he say there? He's like, God, why God? What does it mean? <laughs> he's trying to make <laughs> sense of it all, but it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, this has gone shot right up into. I put this in my top five, maybe top ten favorite comedies of all time. Oh wow, with man! Arthur and Rushmore. This would get in there. Crazy. Uh, I it's just so I just enjoyed it so fucking much. <laughs> the music was, even even the music that da, 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 like all that silly shit. Yeah, this, this works for me. Well, I think we're seeing three thumbs up with a broad spectrum of levels of enjoyment throughout. So I think that should drive you to go try and find death to smoochie. Go find that DVD at the, it's, it's not hard to find. No, we, fair. you can, you can rent it or buy it on streaming. Thank God. So yeah. like it isn't, it isn't being put anywhere for free, but you can rent it. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Easily. That's how I, that's how I got I, Google, Google player, or Apple. I'm pretty sure I do own this movie on DVD. I just don't have a DVD player. So I bet you do. <laughs> I used to own this on DVD. The other funny thing is all three of us used to own this movie. Yeah. Uh, in one form or another, which is was, really funny. It was very unique in the space at the time. That I remember. It really came... It was kind of indie and low low release. Like, wouldn't have seen it in the theater, but definitely would have picked it up on DVD and, and heard who, people who, say, like, who, it was a bomb, but it's awesome. Who recommended mm. this, by the way? I can't even remember. It wasn't me, I don't think. I, I think I, it was Brent. I do want to say it was me. Yeah. I think it was you, too. Um, 
Like, so is it, did this become a success on DVD? Yes. I, I don't know if it actually made money back, but it, like it, people say it now, it has a cult following, whatever that means. Fuck means yeah, that it People should. know about it. It deserves, it deserves it. Anyway. Right on. Well, yeah, it does. Uh, a good choice, Brent. Keep lining them up for us. We'll keep smashing them down. Uh, just like next week, we're going to use the force on Return of the Jedi, and then we're going to finish up May with Schindler's List. going to be a tough one for us all, but we'll get there together. And then after that, we'll announce our new lineup for uh, June. Got some fun stuff coming, absolutely. And I think a good way to sign out of this episode would be, you can't change the world, but you can make a dent. Just like Sheldon Mope says, and that's how Hold Up is. We're making a dent one movie at a time. Death to Smoochie <laughs> is going to see unbridled success in DVD and Blu-ray and download sales. It'd be fucking great. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us for this one, folks. It was great to have you join us next week for Return of the Jedi. Could potentially be the only Star Wars movie we think holds up. Or will it be more disappointing stuff that we've just grown out of? It doesn't deserve a place in our hearts anymore. We will see with green lightsabers, um, but before purple lightsabers. So looking forward to that one. Uh, We'll check you later. Thanks for listening to this one and have a good week. As always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.